Hi, friends. Welcome to Deep Dive, my brand new podcast born from a desire for critical thought, vulnerability, and awareness. I'm your host, Dana Falsetti, a thinker, a writer, a yoga teacher, an activist, an authenticity agent. Each month, you'll hear from me and my guests, ranging from iconic disruptors to everyday people, all candidly sharing our personal experiences on topics ranging from sexuality to social justice and consciousness to capitalism. Deep Dive is a space to tackle hard-hitting questions and controversial topics in a raw, empathetic, and curious way. And it's my space to rant and ramble freely, no holding back. Let's dive in. Hello, my friends. Welcome back to Deep Dive. Thank you for listening. Today, I want to talk about why I don't call myself a yogi and why I've never called myself one, really. I've certainly been called one by media, of course, but it's not a word that I've ever really identified with, but it is one that I see a lot in mainstream media and all over social media, and it's definitely a sort of a trendy word uh, as of the last few years to be a yogi. And the thing I think is kind of funny about it is, I would assume, at least, that most of the people sort of self-identifying as yogis are doing exactly that. Like, it's a self-claimed term, um, not one that someone else is necessarily appointing to you, one that you just opt to use. And I suppose my gripes with its overuse um, primarily comes from that, maybe just the general sense of entitlement. And I'm talking about white people here mostly because if you want to look at demographics of Western yoga practitioners, then that's who we're talking about. And we've dove into that into the, um, or we dove into that in the podcast with Diane Bondi a little bit. So if you're wondering more about that conversation in the yoga world specifically, make sure you listen to that episode. But that general sense of entitlement, I think is where my, I don't know, just my hesitancy, my caution comes from in claiming that for myself. And, and also just that it's not something I have ever felt was mine. So a lot has changed over the course of my personal practice, my entry to the yoga world maybe five years ago now. Um, I had a very different understanding. It existed in my life in a very different way. My ego was in a different place. Everything has changed since then. And my whole practice was definitely much more ego-based than certainly more asana-based and more performative than, than it is now. Um, and that's been a slow process of kind of learning and unlearning. But even from the beginning, the term yogi just never really felt quite right to me. I did used to say namaste at the end of my classes, and occasionally I would invite students to OM in class, but even that never quite felt right to me. And as I continued to practice and learn, um, and learn outside of the yoga world. So a lot of what we've been talking about on the podcast about marginalization, about activism, about listening to the experiences of others, about um, 
colonialism and just sort of what we are founded on and how that seeps into everything that is a product of that. And this is no different. And I don't necessarily want to say that yoga is stolen um, because in a lot of ways it's not. But there are certainly ways that we appropriate from the practice, from the culture, and ways in which white people, I think, just feel generally entitled to pretty much everything. And then also the thing that's interesting is how combative some will become to fight to use the word or to fight to have that part of a culture that isn't their own. It's just interesting to me how much effort might go into justifying why one should be able to call themselves a yogi. For me, I feel that it's sort of my duty as like I'm a white I'm a white woman living in the United States. I make my living, I make money from yoga, from a lot of other things, but certainly from teaching yoga and my platform has, you know, started that way. And but again, I repeat I'm a white woman in America making money from yoga. So am I a yogi? And 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 it's not like and the point of this is not to say that you should all now decide that you're never going to call yourself this again. It's more a greater conversation of just why do we immediately claim and self-identify as these things? Are we do we have really any authority to do that? And also just the general entitlement. And I think that it can certainly stand to be questioned. So. I don't feel that I'm a yogi sort of for all of those reasons. Also because I feel that as a white woman in the United States profiting off of yoga, that it's also my job to sort of protect what I am directly benefiting from that isn't even mine as best as I can if I'm going to be profiting off of it. And I and I recognize the hypocrisy in that. And I've said that all along. It's like every time I've ever called out a big brand for you know, whatever it is, I also will call myself out because I see the hypocrisy, but it's also like, aren't we all? And maybe that's exactly why I'm not a yogi (laughs) as well. I'm also judgmental. So like, am I a yogi? Is that what it means now in in modern times? Or what does that even mean? Uh, Is there a modern interpretation or is there meant to be a modern interpretation? And who gets to decide what that's going to be because at this point it sounds like it's mostly been white people and I'm just not so sure that we're all allowed to call ourselves yogis and decide that we are. But it's also just a matter of how powerful language is. So like I was saying early on in my teaching career, I did say namaste at the end of class sort of off and on, kind of like never quite felt right, but I did it occasionally oming occasionally and then I slowly just as I continued to learn I fell off from doing that at all because I just decided that for me personally for me that it just wasn't mine it wasn't mine to say it wasn't mine to claim um I don't feel I have that authority and there are others who may feel very differently and I'm sure that there are And that's a necessary thing. But from my perspective, it doesn't resonate. And so I just never did. So now at the end of my classes, I I say peace. 
Um, and that's what I've been saying for years. And there's no oming in my classes. And for me, it's what feels appropriate. It's just kind of what feels right. It what It's what feels respectful as possible. But it's interesting because I know that I could see the argument from the other side that perhaps it's a disrespect to exclude um, pieces of the culture, pieces of the practice that are intended to be included. But at the same time, I feel like if we're talking about a modern interpretation of what it means to have a yoga practice or what it means to be a yogi, my, my air quotes are around that, a yogi, then does that even apply? You know what I mean? So for me, I leave it out and I don't call myself a yogi and I don't feel that I am a yogi. I feel that I am a person. I feel that I'm a white woman in the United States um, trying not to hate myself, trying to be cool with who I am on a daily basis and, and be supportive of other people as I go. Not trying to inspire, but just really trying to uh, exist myself, you know, and, and I understand that in that inspiration can be drawn and that's awesome. But that's how I feel about, you know, that's how I feel about my identity and where I'm at in my life. And I also think think the thing that's tricky about it is along with the sense of entitlement that might come with calling yourself a yogi. You know, there's a, a large question to ask here about ego and how the ego can be inflated um, through the yoga practice, not just through the physical practice in terms of um you know, the idea that the disciplined body is sort of the better body. We've deconstructed that on the podcast as well. Um, but even beyond that, I think it it quickly can give a sense of authority, a sense of sort of holier or, or better than thou um, to claim yogi. And so perhaps that's something to think about as well. So for me, it just, it doesn't work. For me, it doesn't resonate. And again, I'm not saying don't call yourself this anymore or, you know, that you need to do a 180. But I'm saying there's a lot to think about here in the language that we use and why we use it and what we just genuinely or generally feel is ours, is ours to take. And I just want to be at this point and I want to encourage others to be at a point where you're constantly questioning those things. Just sort of like Diane said um, in a recent podcast, if you're in a yoga class and you look around the room and everybody in the room looks like you, that should spark a question in your mind. So in a similar fashion, I'm on social media all the time and I see lots and lots and lots of white people, white women, especially with yogi in their bio. And so this is my question. Um, why? And it's not just white women, certainly not, but I'm giving that generalization because, again, we're talking about yoga and wellness culture and entitlement uh, in the United States. And hello. <laughs> so it's just something to think about. I feel that it's not mine. I personally feel that it's sort of disrespectful. And even more than the word itself, I think the analysis and the sort of critical thought and awareness that comes from unpacking why you might feel entitled to self-identifying as something that isn't necessarily yours um, 
is a good thing to think about and might end up opening your eyes to other ways. For example, namaste, for example, oming in class. Um, you know, months ago or even years ago on my social media, I um, spoke up about a couple of different brands that had, you know, namaste on T-shirts and namaste in bed on T-shirts. And, you know, my, my question is why? <laughs> and then I and then you also have to wonder who owns those companies um, and who's making a profit off of that? And who is that impacting? And why do we feel entitled to take all of these words, to take bits and pieces of people's cultures and not even go out of our way to protect them in return, right? So a lot of the same people that have this sense of entitlement, um, self-appointed yogis um, are also many of the same people who will shut down conversations of social justice and of activism or silence um, or overpower marginalized voices in the name of ahimsa, for example, in the name of peace and love and love and light and that kind of whole connection there. So you see how all of this is really, really sort of connected and comes back again onto us and why we feel entitled to all of these things. So it's really something to think about. And where does that sense of entitlement come from again, if in return, you're not even going to protect where that came from? and what you are directly benefiting from that wasn't yours to begin with. So I hope that that sparks something, and, and I hope that that explains why better, um, why I don't call myself a yogi. And again, it's not meant to be a personal attack. It's just meant to be food for thought. Um, and it might be beneficial to consider that there could be some restraint or could be some hesitancy and feeling an immediate entitlement to claim a certain title, to claim a certain word or a part of someone's culture that isn't yours. Let's get back to questioning. So hopefully that gives some clarity. Think about how this applies in your own life, whether you're a yoga practitioner or not, whether you call yourself a yogi or not, and this applies to you. Look at the ways in your life that you've taken from things that aren't necessarily yours, cultures that aren't necessarily yours, and just dive into that a little bit. And then maybe also make some shifts, <laughs> hopefully, because we've also learned definitely by now through this podcast that intentions are not enough. Action has to follow, and the action is the thing that will lead to the actual output. So, as always, thank you very much for listening. If you enjoy the pod, please rate, review, subscribe, share it with your friends, all that good stuff. You know you can find me all over the internet. And until then, I'll see you next time. Hi, friends. Dana here. I hope you enjoyed this episode of Deep Dive. If you want more radical truth, make sure you subscribe. You can also keep up with me across social media at Dana Falsetti or visit my website, danafalsetti.com to find workshops, speaking engagements, or take an online class. See you next time.